And uh, I have something on my heart tonight. And I had three messages to preach. And I'm not going to tell you the other two what the titles are, but the the one that I wanted to preach is on heaven. Which one you want to hear? Which one you want to hear? Okay, that's good because that's the only one I have here. It's, uh, my heart is full tonight with a burden. And I... Uh, Everything that I could have said before I was going to preach, Brother Rob said it. And uh, to be honest with you, I didn't even have a text when I come to church, and I don't even remember what I even told her. If you have your Bibles, Revelations 21, 3 through 6. I love Acts 2.38. It's one of my favorite scriptures. It's what our apostolic church truths and doctrine, truth is built on the foundation of church in which the Holy Ghost was first poured out. I love the, that scripture. I love John 3.16. I love for God to love the world. I love 1 Timothy 3.16 without controversy. I love the one God scriptures. I love the whole thing. But if I had to pick, if I had to pick, I would tell you that the scriptures that talk about heaven are my favorite. Because everything, everything points that way. God in the Old Testament, Jesus in the New Testament, everything points towards heaven. That's what, that's what drives me. That's what, ah, I'm going to start preaching my message before I preach it. Revelations 21, 3 through 6. If you have it, say amen. If you don't, say amen. You're honest. But you can see it in those big letters. And I heard a great voice out of heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men. And He will dwell with them, and they shall be His people. And God Himself, say Himself, shall be with them and be their God. And God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes. And there shall be no more death, neither sorrow, nor crying, neither shall there be any more pain, for the former things are passed away. And he, he that sat upon the throne said, Behold, I make all things new. Everything that I have to go through here, I won't have to go through over there. Every trial, every temptation, I won't know those things. I will not know sadness. I will not know anger. I will not know loneliness. Because all those things will be forgotten. For the former things are passed away. Behold, I make all things new. I want to preach to you this evening, and I have to get you to. Behi- I need you behind me because I, I just have to be honest with you. I don't feel so well right now. So, and we're going to have to train somebody else to play those drums. Brother Davis is not here. 
We've got a volunteer. I want to preach to you this evening. I want you to preach with me. If I can remember what I even said. What I put up there. The things that keep me going. The reason that I refuse to quit. The things that keep me at this church. The things that keep me coming back. The things that keep me getting up every single morning. Regardless how I feel. Regardless what hits me between the eyes. The things that keep me going. That's what I want to preach to you. You may be seated. We as humans often, we often focus on all the trouble. Can I get an amen? This day that we live, the age we live in, it seems as though that trouble is all around you. Just look right beside you. Brother Fox, look to your right and look to your left. Turn around and look at the person behind you. Troubles all around you. And I heard Sister Laurie just laugh really loud. And you don't have to look very hard to see it that everything in this world is falling apart. And but the Bible says that Jesus said in Matthew twenty four, he said he 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 prophesied of those days. He said, Take heed that no man deceive you, for many shall come in my name, saying, I am Christ, and shall deceive many. And ye shall hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that ye be not troubled, for all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. For nation shall rise against nation, and kingdom against kingdom. And there shall be famines, pestilence, earthquakes in divers places. All these are the beginning of sorrows. Those things that I just read have been happening for years and they're happening right now. And you can see it for yourself that we are smack dab in the middle of the junk and the chaos. And this world thrives and and it lives to hear it. They live to hear it. They rehash it. They watch it over and over and over and over on the news, you cannot pick up a magazine or a, or a newspaper and hardly read anything good. Everything is, is dark and dismal news. Someone died here. Someone was uh, brutally beaten here and somebody robbed here. And people are bad news junkies. And in the church, we become that. We thrive. People tend to thrive off the bad news. Sometimes I just like to hear on the news or read in the newspaper that somebody got the baptism of the Holy Ghost or somebody got healed of cancer. Somebody, I like to just pick up the newspaper or, or watch the news to, to see that somebody got rescued and somebody's a hero. They usually put that in the back page. People have become consumed with the negativity and everyone's problems and in return they, people are making money off of stories that, that sell them. If it's good news, nobody makes no money. But if it's bad news, people make millions. And it's no wonder that our nation has become junkies for the entertainment world. People have tried to find places to go to escape from the harsh reality that this world's problems throw at them. People are packing themselves in stadiums 
like sardines. People are going into these stadiums and, and they, they, they're, they're in love with sports figures and in love with the, the race cars. And I'm not against any of it. I, I love some of the golf and stuff. But we've made these men heroes. That, that, and, 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 but we, we crave the entertainment. And it's because we are searching. We are constantly searching. We like to root for the, our favorite teams. Uh, we like the Colts, and but even the Colts will let you down. But we are living. We are living in the dreadful day when Paul warned Timothy. This know also that in the last days perilous times shall come, for men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous boasters, Proud blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, without natural affection, cruise breakers, false accusers, incontinent, fierce, despisers of those that are good, trady, high-minded, lovers of pleasures more than lovers of God, having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof from such they turn away. But on the other hand, now I'm not going to leave you here depressed. I didn't come here to preach a gloom and dark uh, message here. But on the other hand, the Apostle Paul wrote to the church of Corinth, a church that was plagued with problems and issues, that was a stench in the very nostrils of God. They were dealing with things that was above and beyond our imagination, associating with the immorality and divisions and boastings, divisions at the Lord's Supper. He did dispute with false apostles, strong oppositions that Paul had to face, divisions, jealousy, strife, criticism to leaders, men, men living with their stepmothers, taking one another to court and lawsuits. I, 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 didn't, I looked this up. This has come out of the Word of God. Sexual immorality with prostitutes, disputes about marriage, divorce, divorce celibacy, changing states of life, slavery, eating meats, sacrifice to idols, eating in idol temples. Greed and drunkenness at the Lord's Supper. Pride in divisions over spiritual gifts. Confusion in the assembly. Some in the community were even denying, even though that they were there the day that Jesus was put on the, in the cross, on that cross and they couldn't find His body. They were denying the power of the resurrection. But I want to let you know something here tonight. That even though that Paul had to observe every bit of that ungodly junk and the acts that was going on in Corinth, he with much boldness, he stood up and proclaimed these words. He said, we are troubled on every side. We are yet not distressed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. We've been persecuted, but not forsaken. We've been cast down, but not destroyed. And it is no secret that we are there in that la- in the, in the, just like they did in Corinth. We are under the same attacks. We are feeling the same depression and oppression that they did in Corinth. But I come to tell you that we are the church of the living God. And we have... You can sit there all you want to and not believe me. But I'm telling you right now, we are an apostolic church of a living God that will be...
in this last hour. It doesn't matter how bad things get. It doesn't matter how things might appear. Jesus is going to be victorious, and His church will too. We've been troubled on every side, but we're not distressed. We were perplexed, but we're not in despair. We've been persecuted, but we have not been forsaken. We have been cast down. People are looking down their noses at this apostolic church, and they're laughing at us. Some places were the laughing stock. But listen, I'm going to tell you something. In this last and final hour, we're exactly what they need. And they know it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We're under a spiritual attack and it would be extremely easy to fall prey to an enemy that bears bad news and his pessimistic outlook on life. He offers no hope to the hurting. He offers no water to the thirsty. The devil will never give you comfort when you're comfortless, nor will he ever have pity on you when you're wounded. He could care less about you. He hates the church. He hates this apostolic doctrine. However... My comfort has never come from this world. And my comfort has never come from the devil. It comes from my Jesus. I'm so glad to know that I don't have to depend on this world for anything. I don't have to depend on this world for peace. i got to depend on my Jesus. My God, I feel the Holy Ghost. You know what I feel like I'm doing right now? I feel like I'm kicking the devil right in the face. I come here tonight to lift up the name of Jesus. I didn't come here to let the devil know that I was depressed. I didn't come here to let the devil know that I'm going to give up. But I come to let him know that I'm going to be victorious because I'm Jesus'. Hallelujah. Some of y'all are sitting there. Not all of you. Some of y'all are just tired. Some of you are sitting there because you're perplexed. Some of you are sitting there because you feel like you're in despair. I think sometimes we forget who we are. I don't care if you like me. I don't care if you sit back there and look at me like I'm crazy. But I come to let you know, this church right here is going to be victorious. Come on, let's clap our hands. Come on, let's everybody stand up. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Man, somebody's going to get a healing tonight. Somebody's going to get delivered in their mind. Somebody's going to get rid of their depression tonight. Hallelujah. 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 
Now I'm not going to lie to you. Not be crazy to lie to you right here. But at times, for us, for me, it would be convenient to walk away. It would be easy sometimes to fall away from this and walk away from it. Crawl in a hole somewhere. Cover your head so nobody can see you. And give up. This past weekend, I was, uh, yeah, I'm going to get in trouble. My God, I'm going to get in trouble. Pre- tell me to preach it, Reverend. All right? This week, I, I was at a place where I was with a bunch of ex-apostolics. Before, they were ex-sinners, ex-drug addicts, ex-alcoholics. Then they were washed. But now they were ex-apostolics. And I walked right in the middle of it. And every devil in hell was hitting me right between the eyes. I'm going to tell you something. I looked at them the first thing I thought. You coward. How dare you walk away from this? You stingy coward. Walking away from this great apostolic thing. This great apostolic doctrine. My God, I'm getting away from my notes, but I don't care. How dare you walk away? How dare you to put your kids in the position so they could go to hell? How dare you to take them out from the umbrella of this church? And the first thing that people want to do when things go wrong, when, when, when everything falls apart, they, they, they fall out of the boat, they take off their life jacket. This church is your life jacket. Don't get mad at God just because things are going bad in your life. And don't decide to throw the church away and get ticked off at the pastor because everything's falling apart in your life. That man spends night after night praying for you. He spends night after night praying. His wife prays for you. He fasts. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. My God, I didn't think I was going to do a good job tonight. but Maybe I just think that, that I'm doing a good job, but that's all right. My God, at times it's going to feel convenient for you to walk away and just give up the first signs and temptations and trials. But listen, you're not going to get any help out there. I said, you're not going to get any help outside this church. I don't want to go to that church. There's too many hypocrites there. Well, it's like the Rev said it. Don't join it because there will be just one more. Somebody told my grandpa, he said, I ain't going down to that church. I know your pastor and I don't like him and I don't like what a church stands for. And he said, there's a bunch of hypocrites. He said, well, you might as well come down. He said, there's room for more. I don't know how I get off on that. That's a commercial break. 
But let me tell you, I'm going to be as real as I can tonight. Let me tell you what keeps me going. Let me tell you, besides my children, besides my wife, let me tell you what keeps me going. It is when Jesus said in John 14, Let not your heart be troubled. Ye believe in God, believe also in me. He said, In my Father's house. are many mansions. If it were not true, I would have told you so. I would have told you so. I go to prepare a place for you, and if I go to prepare your place, I will come again. Sometimes the only thing, Brother Barrow, that keeps me going, the only thing that gets me out of bed, is knowing that one day He's going to come back and take me out of this chaotic world. He said, I, I will come again, and I will receive you unto myself, that where I am, there you may be also. Listen, even though we're going through rough times, and even though it seems like there's no end to our pain and sorrow, there's a place beyond the sun, moon, and stars that we won't have to see it any longer. There is a place beyond these stars that He custom built for me. Do you see that? Or not really? Man, if I walked up and handed you a $2 million lottery ticket, you would be busting out the seams right now. But I'm tired. Some place we're going, Brother David, goes beyond. It goes beyond anything that we've ever imagined. Oh my God, I'm getting ahead of myself. Ha, ha, gee, many Christmas. I don't know about you, but when I start talking about heaven, something in my spirit begins to dance. Something in my spirit. I start to get homesick for the land that God had built for me. See, when I was a kid, sister mother-in-law, we used to hear Pastor Cecil Sullivan Preach about hell. And we knew we didn't want to go there. But he would turn right around and preach about heaven. But heaven is a far away land somewhere in this far distant place that we can't imagine because... Who's the, who's the oldest person in here? Come on, it's all right. I'm not going to look at you and tell you who's, who's, who's 70. Is there anybody 70? Sister Marie, how old are you? Is it all right to ask you that? She's 69. Let's just keep it at that. So she's been hearing about heaven for 69 years. 
kind of get old, wouldn't it? Wouldn't it? You know, not seeing it happen. It would. You all don't have to be standing. I hope I'm, 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 that, I'm exci- that exciting. You don't have to stand up. God, me and Brother James Michael, sometimes we work, we sit down to eat lunch or work and we begin to talk about heaven. I, you know, the other day, for, for instance, was it a week ago, we sit down, man, me and him, we sit there in Ellisville eating lunch. And I said, what a day it's going to be before long. I said, you know, it's just, it's funny. See, I have a different take on it. The Bible says, not, not in the Bible, but the song says, I'm going to be gone in a twinkling of an eye. That's, that's not right. It's not right. That song, that's, it's, not, it's, it's incorrect. You look it up in the Scripture. The Bible says it's appointed once for every man to die. Every man. And when we, it also says that we're going to be changed in a twinkling of an eye. And and then and then after we're changed. In other words, you're gonna be walking down the road, you're gonna go. And your body, this mortal body, is gonna take on immorality. Immortality. That's got to be the worst blunder that I've ever had. But I'm going to come out of it. I want you to come back. Shh, shh. No laughs. Come on. My God. Still got some people stand up for me. Well, some of us probably, some, some people might be falling into that. Not, my God, I hope none of y'all do. But we're going to be changed. And there's a place in the Scripture, I don't know exactly where it's at, but it says that just like he left. How did he leave, Brother Gillespie? How did Jesus leave? And they watched him leave. I've heard it all my life that we're going to be driving down the road and all of a sudden I'm going to be gone in the twinkling of an eye. That's not, not right. We're going to be changed in the twinkling of an eye. People are going to watch us leave. I hope it's right before Obama signs that health care issue. And I'm going to say, listen, you can have all these problems and all your junk because I don't need them anymore. My God, I got away from my notes. Isn't that, isn't that good? Thank you. But we begin to talk about heaven. And the most beautiful place that I've ever been to has to be Palau. I remember remember when me and Brother Williams, we went to the other side of Palau. With the, with, there was nobody. And we walked through this jungle through this place, and it was nothing but exotic flowers and, and just and palm trees. Just, it's just beautiful. I can't, can't tell you how beautiful it was. We was walking through, and then there was things that was really neat, you know, like Japanese war camps, and we seen all kinds of stuff, live ammo, and, 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 and just, it was just it was neat to be there, but... When I came out on the other side of that jungle, 
And I looked out, and for 500 yards was nothing but white sand and white coral reef. And 500 yards approximately, give or take a yard, was a wall of water 15 to 20 foot high that was hitting the coral reef and flowing up. And it was nothing but blue. You was, you was there. You know what I'm talking about. And I sit and looked at it. And, and I was trying to think about what heaven was going to be like. And that's the only thing that I can liken it to. I've been to the Rocky Mountains and it's beautiful. But I, there's a place of rest. There's a place that, there, that, that, that you, you just, it's, it's a place to be. It's better than your recliner, Brother Rob. It's better than my barbecued ribs. And you, we and James started talking about heaven. You know, I, I, I said, when, when we get to heaven, you can't pass up seeing Jesus. I mean, my, my goodness, to see His face, to see the same one that spit in the face in the mud and spit in the guy's face and gave him a sight, to see the one that spoke into the tomb of Lazarus and said, Come forth, Lazarus, and he come forth. The same one. That and I, I, we just begin to talk and, and, and talk about it. Maybe I'm far off, and I probably am, because I'm going to read the Scripture here in a minute, but I, I like to think about heaven and what it's going to be like. And I, I said, Could you imagine going to Joshua and saying, Hey, Joshua, take me back to that place the day that you marched seven times around Jericho. And he's like, come here, let me, let me show you. And he takes you down. He shows you, and all of a sudden he speeds it up, and all of a sudden the walls fall. David, take me to that battlefield the day that you slung that rock into the forehead of, of Goliath, and Goliath fell, and Israel become victorious. Moses, take me through that Red Sea, and all of a sudden you're standing there looking through that water and fish, dry ground. And you look back, and... Pharaoh's army was destroyed. I, I, I just like to think about stuff like that. I, I don't know. You, you might think of Star Wars landing when you're laying in bed at night. But when I lay in bed at night, I like to think about heaven and, and what's going to be there and, and how grand. And to think about the men and the women who's preached this apostolic doctrine that has stood the test of time, that they will meet you at that entrance of that city. These are they who have come out of great tribulation, but they've been washed in the precious blood of Jesus. You think about it. We can read in Revelations, and I'm going to go on. I could stand and talk about that all night. We can read in Revelations about some of what heaven will be like, like the streets of transparent gold. Could you imagine? Now, I'm not talking about... It's not, I'm, I'm not talking about gold like we see. Has anybody ever saw transparent gold? Gold that you can see through? Looks like ice or glass. I mean... The streets of gold. In other words, when you look down, you look like you're walking on air. You can see the atmosphere or the space below it. I could go through it. You could read in Revelations 20 and 21 what all heaven's going to be like, but we, can really, we can't really, really truly grasp what it's going to be like when we get to that city. The Scripture uh, 
it proves it uh, when it says in, in, in Corinthians in 2 and 9, it says, But as it is written, I hath not seen, nor ear heard, neither had it entered into the heart of man, which thing, with the things which God has prepared that love Him. It's beyond us. We can't imagine it. It's like trying to figure out eternity. You ain't gonna, you, you're not going to grasp it. However, even though we do not know what exactly is going to be in heaven and what it's going to be like, and even though our understanding is not fully aware, aware of what God has for us, there is something about heaven that we do know. Are you listening to me? There is something about heaven that we do know, and that is this. We know what won't be there. I want you to think about that for a moment. I want you to think about every painful memory. I want you to think about every headache and every trial that you've ever went through. I want you to think about every heartbreak, every bit of loneliness that you've had. My favorite scripture in all the Bible was in my text, and God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes, and there shall be no more death. Neither sorrow nor crying, neither shall there be any more pain, for the former things are passed away. And he that sat upon the throne said, Behold, I make all things new. Things that I believe won't be in heaven. Are you here? Are you with me? The devil. Every bit of stinking rotten sin and disease and division that he has caused will not be there. I, I, bear with me. I know this is this is different than what I'm usually I usually do. I want you to listen to me. I want you to think. I want you to keep thinking about it. Things won't be there. The devil will not be there. The Bible says, And he that sat upon the throne said, Behold, I make all things new. And he said unto me, Write, for these words are true and faithful. And I saw an angel come down from heaven, having the key of the bottomless pit and the great chain in his hand. And he laid hold on a dragon, that old serpent, which is called the devil and Satan, and bound him for a thousand years and cast him into a bottomless pit. Listen to what it says in the next. It says, and he shut him up. Your adversary, the devil that seeks whom he may devour, like a roaring lion, you will not have to worry about him any longer. There will be no death. There'll be no tears. There'll be no sorrow. There'll be no pain. There'll be no more disappointment. There'll be no more abortions. 
No broken home. No war. No loneliness. Child abuse. Cancer. Heart disease. Sugar diabetes. MS. AIDS. Arthritis. Blindness. Deaf ears. Depression. Oppression. Drug addiction. Alcohol addictions. And instant mashed potatoes. Just to name a few. Everything that has ever plagued you, everything that has ever got you down, everything that has ever made you cry, everything that has ever made you sad and hurt you, it will not be there. I mourn for Brother Billy Stokes. He's not here right now. I mourn for his family. But I told him the other night, I said, you've got to listen to me. I said, your son was baptized in Jesus' name and filled with the Holy Ghost. I don't care what he had done in between that time and by the time he died. But he had been praying and seeking the face of God when he was over there. And I can guarantee this, that he was closer to God when he was over there than some of us. When death is at your door and facing you down, you're going to do some things that a lot of people won't. I'm all right. Pastor can get me later. It took him 50 minutes to pass away. That's not a bad thing. That boy had the Holy Ghost. This is what I want to tell Brother Stoltz. There'll be no more death. He won't have any more pain. There's times that I dream about my grandfather. There's times that I could smell him. His that body cologne that he wore, whatever it was, that old stinking musk that he wore, and I would give anything to, to smell it again. And I have a hat of his, and sometimes I, you might think I'm crazy, but I put it on, and I'll smell it, it still smells like him. But if I could get on the phone and say, Brother Austin Hill, I need you to come back, he would say, no way in the world, I'm dancing around his throne. There's no way we could talk to people that has went on to heaven back here. Brother Larimer, there's no way he would come back here. He loved this church and he guarded that back door and he took up that offering like he was proud. But there's no way he would come back to McCormick's Creek Church. Oh my God. These are the things that keep me going. what drives me to stand and fight in this last hour, knowing that people that has went on before me, that have fought battles harder than I'll ever fight, that has faced things that I'll never face, people that has buried children still stand up and be in triumphant, and people that their kids are healthy can't even make it to the church on Sunday night because they're not impressed with God. But listen, when they get to the throne, and the throne of judgment, and they say, I could not make it. I, I, I couldn't make it to church, and I couldn't be faithful in my prayer, and I couldn't be faithful in, to the pastor and to the church. 
Jesus is going to bring Brother Larimer and people like Stanley Weston that couldn't even hear, that hurt in their body. And he's going to say, you're wrong. He made it. She made it. And I, I didn't mean to go that way. As the music would come real quick. I'm not done, but I'm done. H.J.W. Buxton, his take on the future glory and encouragement under present sufferings. This is what he had to say when I read this. It, it, this, is, this is my life. This is my life. When the sailor encounters heavy weather, one thought cheers him. The ship may row and the pitch in the angry sea. The cold spray may drench him. His work may be hard and perilous. But he can look towards the shore. Far away over the vessel's bow, far away across the tumbling waves is the shore, the haven where he would be. And for the sake of this, by remembering this, he can hear, bear his present troubles through the waves of a raging sea horribly. It was this feeling of hope which carried the great heroes and discovers of the old through all their trials. When Columbus set forth to discover the new world, he could bear the hardships and danger in his way because he looked towards the shore. And at last, when he beheld the broken seaweed floating past his ship and the birds wheeling around him, he knew that his purpose was gained and that the land which he sought to win lay before him. So I bid you to do. When the waves of affliction swell and roll towards you, when strong undercurrents of temptations catch you and sweep you along, when you are weary and you are faint with the buffeting of the tide of sin and sorrow and frailty, look past the shore, look past the sorrow, past the noise of the whirlwind of life, past the high tide of the accumulated trial and the low mark, water mark of despondency and despair. Look to the shore because there is peace there and there is flowers there. There is rest there that remains for the very people of God. So when you have been caught up with every trial in your life and the waves are knocking you back and you feel like you cannot make it one more day, the shore is right in front of you. If you look past the bow of the ship, you'll see flowers floating past you. There's going to be signs of life. You know what those signs of life to me are? Is when that I know that I'm close to that shore. It's when drug addictions, the flowers, if you will, signs of life. Bible studies are being taught. People are getting the Holy Ghost. People are getting healed of sicknesses and diseases. 
people are getting delivered of depressions. That keeps me driving. That keeps me going. That keeps me getting up every single morning, Brother Barrow. It's knowing that the end is in sight. And regardless if I die on the way home, or if I don't wake up in the morning, that I'm going to wake up in the very hands of Jesus Christ. Let's stand. Let's stand. Hallelujah. Let's raise our hands to heaven. Hallelujah. Come on, I want you to picture just for a few moments. I want you to picture what's not going to be there. I know it's hard to get in, get the imagination of what's, what's going to be there and what it's going to be like. But every care and every sickness, it's not going to be there, my friend. Hallelujah. That makes me happy. It makes me happy. Hallelujah. 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 Let's sing that song. Hallelujah. This altar's open. Hallelujah. This altar's open. To everyone, I'm open.